0: Welcome everybody and thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection for September 20th, 2023. All right, so full disclosure as well as another invitation. Uh, Full disclosure, this lesson that we're going to talk about today, actually I'm going to Be preaching that in a short message this evening at our church at 6 p.m. So there's an invite to that if you can make it. St. Paul's Lutheran on the corner of Bull and Blanding. And come at 5 p.m. for a meal as well. And then at 6.30, we will have an expanded Bible study on this same topic. And next week, Laura and I will be traveling, so I'm not sure I will be able to do a podcast Uh, If you don't get one from me, I'm fine. Laurel and I are just traveling, and if you do, it may be a shortened version. So with all that said, let us now begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, draw your church together into one great company of disciples, together, following our teacher Jesus Christ and reflecting his radiant light of love and grace to all we ask this in Christ's name amen so we're just going to dive right into the reading today and the reading comes from first Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 and here's the reading now brothers and sisters. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. The heading for that reading in my Bible today was, The day of the Lord, or the occasion of God's final intervention in human affairs to punish sin, restore the faithful of his people, and establish his eternal rule over the nations. It is linked with the messianic hope and will be fulfilled at Jesus Christ's return. The day of the Lord is a central feature of the prophets' message to their contemporaries. This phrase in such closely related expressions as the day of the anger of God or God has a day occur over two dozen times in prophetic books, most frequently in Isaiah, Joel, and Zephaniah, and once in Lamentations. Similar terms, particularly that day or the day of and the day when, appear nearly 200 times in the Prophets, occasionally in Lamentations and twice in Psalms. These terms are used interchangeably. Now some of you may know this is the second in a series of Wednesday evening messages on mission. Right now you might be wondering where mission can be found in our reading from 1 Thessalonians. You know it may not be explicit, but I believe it is implicit in terms of our mission that we walk in the light and encourage one another. In John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So what happens between now and the day of the Lord? If we are to walk in the light, then we will also reflect the light of Jesus to others. Remember when Moses came down off Mount Sinai after he had met with God? His face shone so bright that he had to wear a veil. I believe it is our mission to walk in the light and share the grace of God and love of God with everyone. What that looks like is different for each one of us because of the different sets of gifts and talents that God has endowed us with. I want to share one person's story with you this morning today about how she realized her mission in life was to share forgiveness and grace of God. Her name is Kim Phuc, and that's spelled K-I-M-P-H-U-C, and her story was retold by a pastor and blogger named Eric Folkerth. It's titled The Long Road to Forgiveness, The Kim Phuc Story. You may have seen a picture of Kim. It was when she was nine years old and running down the road between Phnom Penh and Saigon. She is naked. Her clothes have been burned off by a napalm bomb. She is crying. She is, to a generation, simply the girl in the photograph. She's an adult now living in Canada with children of her own, and her story is titled The Long Road to Forgiveness. and this is the pastor's words here. These are not mine. I remember when I first saw the picture. It was published in Life Magazine and many other print news outlets around the world. I remember at the time finding it hard to imagine that the picture was real. It didn't seem possible. It didn't seem conceivable that anyone would hurt innocent children like that. There is something about a single image like that that can help shape your conscience and stay vivid in your brain. Here's how she describes that moment. I saw an airplane getting lower and then four bombs falling down. I saw fire everywhere around me. Then I saw the fire over my body, especially on my left arm. My clothes had been burned off by fire. I was nine years old but I still remember my thoughts at that moment. I would be ugly and people would treat me in a different way. Kim had an incredibly rough life after the photo was taken. She was hospitalized for 14 months and endured dozens of surgeries. When the photo became an international sensation, she went from obscurity to a living propaganda tool of the Vietnamese government. They used her and her terrible story for years for their political gain. She describes this period in this way. The anger inside me was like a hatred as high as a mountain. I hated my life. I hated all people who were normal because I was not normal. I really wanted to die many times. Years later, abroad on a study leave, she and her husband defected from Vietnam and ended up in Canada, where they live to this day. Kim claims it was a conversation to Christianity in 1982 that allowed her to do most difficult of all things. In her essay, Kim says it this way, God helped me to learn to forgive. The most difficult of all lessons, it didn't happen in a day, and it wasn't easy but I finally got it. Forgiveness made me free from hatred. I still have many scars on my body and severe pain most days, but my heart is cleansed. In 1996, Kim was invited to a ceremony at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington. There, as she learned how the wall had become a pilgrimage site for Americans still dealing with the war's effect, she met one of the men most responsible for her plight. It was Captain John Plummer, an American, who helped coordinate the airstrikes on her village. Yet, in a most powerful and moving moment, Kim was even able to forgive him. They remain friends to this day. I suppose Kim's story strikes me as poignant and beautiful because of its power just on its own. But I suppose it also strikes me because... This need to overcome hatred and love, hatred with love, anger with forgiveness, simply continues to grow in our time. There are dozens of Kims out there right now who will, for the foreseeable future, be struggling with their own mounds of hatred as high as a mountain. It's that kind of hatred that leads to the modern terrorist, of course, and the violence that begets more violence simply increases unabated in our day. When I think of all the violence and anger running loose in society today, it truly frightens me. In fact, that is the only thing that frightens me about our world. The solution to all of it, of course, is always before us. The different path where love overcomes hate, peace overcomes war, is always a choice we can make at any time. But that solution will always strike us as naive. Yet it is only naive if we fail to realize the hard work it takes, the long road. That it. Make no mistake, forgiveness, love, reconciliation is only a path for the truly strong. So it may sound naive, but it seems to me Kim Fook speaks truth in the closing words of her essay. They are about her time, but they are also terribly relevant to this time, too. Napalm is very powerful, but faith, forgiveness, and love are much more powerful. We would not have war at all if everyone could learn how to live with true love, hope, and forgiveness. My faith in Jesus has enabled me to forgive those who have hurt and scarred me. It has enabled me to pray for my enemies rather than curse them, and it has enabled me not just to tolerate them, but truly to love them. I will forever bear the scars of that day, and that picture will always serve as a reminder of the unspeakable evil of which humanity is capable. That picture defined my life. In the end, it gave me mission, a ministry, a cause. If that little girl in the picture can share the light of Jesus and the grace of God and forgiveness, surely we can. Let us pray. Almighty God, you sent your son Jesus Christ to be light in the darkness and to reconcile the world to yourself. We praise and bless you for those whom you have sent in the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel to all nations. We ask that you would bless and prepare each one of us to share the good news of Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.